Um, I know you've got a thing about quotes later, but I'll say one now. I actually shared it with the Tane that I taught this morning at Māori Movement was to be the man you want your son to be and your daughter to marry. And, and that means being the man in front of your son, even when you're not talking to him, and even when you're not in front of him, to be honest, is to be that man that you want him to be. And it really does clarify what you need to do with your life. Tahi rua toru fa tihei mauri ora. No my haramai and welcome to the Chair Māori Podcast, the podcast where we interview Māori people in business, share their stories and help inspire other Māori people to get out there, be a boss and get ahead in life. Enough korero, let's start the show. Chair. Kia ora e te whanau, no mai haramai and welcome to uh, the podcast, Chair Māori Podcast, where we interview Māoris in business and share their thoughts and their journey through business so you guys can get shortcuts on your business journeys and um, today I'm uh, privileged to have uh, a, a fellow uh, entrepreneur with us at the moment. We have a lot in uh, relationship with like in uh, regards to fitness, exercise, uh, Māori tanga and all those things here. So I'm um, proud to um, bring on Brent Nugent onto the show. He uh, has his own movement class called Grassroots Movement. And uh, the way this fella is can move is pretty awesome. I've seen him. Um, if you haven't seen his live videos that he posts on Facebook, go check him out. There's a lot of them, and um, I'm just uh, happy to have him on the show here to um, talk about uh, all things Maori business, uh, life, and everything. So, uh, kia ora, bro. Welcome to the show. Introduce yourself. Tell us where you're from. Iwi, hapu, all that good stuff. Yeah. Oh, kia ora bro, kia ora bro, that's quite an intro, thanks my man. Um, so, uh, well, I grew up in Palmerston North, so uh, North Palmitana, Manawatu Aho. Um, my life in Palmy was from the ages of zero to 26, so I spent my, my youth there, my childhood years, and into my younger adult years. Uh, and I decided at the age of 26 years old in 1999 to come to Australia. Uh, followed my best friends that had pretty much split from Palmy quite a few years prior, and I found myself to be the last one of the crew that was still in Palmerston yep. North. And um, I thought it was time to actually catch up and, and see what the rest of the world had to offer. So, um, yeah, bro, I moved uh, in 99 to the Gold Coast, and uh, from there I basically just started a new life. It really was uh, shifting in, in the, the person I was. I had to sort of uh, find my own way. My my bro that put me up when I first got here was really the only person I knew when I came here. Uh, so it was a matter of finding whole new friends, uh, new work, new networks. And that time in my life, when I look back now, I was probably a very insecure, shy, uh, lost young man in his mid-20s. And looking back, the journey over the past 20 years being, oh, you're coming up 46 in a month, actually, so it'll be 20 years very soon. Um, yeah, bro, it's been a massive journey of growth within myself as a, as a man. And, um, and yeah, looking back, man, it's just a massive journey. It's taken a long time, and I was obviously stuck in several spots through that, that period. But uh, to where I see where I am now, and I think in my, mid, my middle age, 
I know that time is running out and it's can't just sit here and just wait for things to come to you. You've got to go get them. Yeah, yeah bro. That's that's a summary of, of my little journey over across the ditch to where I am now. Yeah. Yeah, so, wicked bro. So what was the initial thing that got you to move from Palmy to uh Australia? Um, like I said, you know, I had some boys there and we all sort of grew up together through school and um in the clubbing days in the nineties yeah, and the eighties. Uh, heaps of good memories there, but um, they started drifting off. Uh, my best mate followed another one of the bros, and they came over to the Gold Coast. And there just seemed to be this gradual um, shifting from Palmy, and everyone was going, everyone was going, and I was stuck in this comfort zone at good old uh, McDonald's, earning good money, getting free Maccas every week. Hey. Um, <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, I was there for 10 years, actually, 10, 11 years from school right through to my mid-20s. But um, I, I was very active. I was doing sports six nights a week. So I was playing touch, playing indoor netball, um, kickboxing, soccer, all those sorts of things, bro, the things that we do back home to keep ourselves moving. Um, but it was that cycle of earn a paycheck, spend a paycheck, week to week, never saving, and just never really having goals. Um, yep. Just getting by, bro, just getting by. Uh, and then when I saw my friends setting their goals and then moving overseas, it's like, man, what am I doing? I'm just stuck in this rut. And then I finally started putting money together and then just made the, the big move across at 26 years old. And then I really did feel like my life started all over again. I had to find all those new friends, find mahi. Um, and for a long time, I was floating again. I got into a good old factory yeah. job and was just sitting there, spending the paycheck and just your 20s go by and then you're into your 30s. <laughs> and it's like, yeah. what's going on here? There's just this pattern of just earning money, spending it. What, do I have any goals? And honestly, bro, it wasn't until I hit 40 that it was like, yeah, I'm doing all this cool stuff, but I'm, I'm chasing shiny objects. I'm going after one yeah. thing. Oh, that was cool. And then I'm losing interest or not getting good at it get into a hard spot, move on to something else. Then in my 40s, I realized, man, 40 years have gone by, gone by, and what do you really have to show for it? You may be skillful in a few things, but are you a craftsman at one particular thing? And, yeah, yeah bro, I guess in my 40s, you get a wake-up call. Some people say you're going over the hill, but for me, it's just been a whole new, brand-new focus on life, and movement has been a massive part of that. Um, when I was in my late 30s, going into my 40s, I was hard out CrossFit, did that for about five years, uh, and loved it, loved the competitive side, that if you wanted to, you could get into CrossFit competitions and that sort of stuff. Yeah, me. And there was so much movement to learn with the gymnastics, Olympic weightlifting, um, all the bodyweight calisthenic stuff and that, gymnastics. And I think round about, uh, when was it? The age of 42, so three years ago, uh, I had a bit of a spinal issue with a deadlift session. It bulged a couple of discs, which is pretty common, I think, when Ooh. it comes to incorrect form. And that really just sat me on my ass. I couldn't move. I was getting pain right through my um, through my abdomen, abdomen area, through the spine in the front. And I had to sort of look at what, why am I doing CrossFit? Yeah. And I think. I think it was this constant thing of 
numbers, quantitative information, lifting a bigger weight than last time or getting a faster time than last time, constantly chasing things. I was like, this is a bit like my life. I'm uh, <laughs> going at all these things, gymnastics, Olympic weightlifting. Um, and I'm trying to get better than yesterday, trying to get better, which is cool. It's a cool goal. But um, if you're always putting it in and you're always looking for the next goal, it can be sort of, I guess, looked at as a never-ending chase, not not stopping to smell yeah. the roses. Yeah, yeah. And uh, that's when I sort of got into the movement culture. And a big draw card for that for me was the mindfulness component of it, which is not stepping into like a CrossFit box going, what are we doing? Deadlift, sweet. I rock. I'm good at those. Let's do better than we yeah, did, yeah. did yesterday. And then uh, muscle-ups, gymnastics. Oh, man, I suck at those. And then instantly putting yourself down when you just put yourself up. Yeah, Instead of yeah, that, yeah. going into a, a, a movement session and going, let's just move and we'll see what happens. And that's when I really started uh, feeling the elements outside, moving in the grass, moving in the sun, moving in the rain. Not worrying about yeah, equipment yeah. or weights. It's just, how am I feeling? Am I feeling better than I did 10 minutes ago? Yeah, cool. Keep going with it. And then just did that for a couple of years and got into the animal movement stuff, um, just exploring movement. And then I'm finding over the past few years, I'm moving my body better than probably when I was 10 years old, finding new ways to get inverted and then roll and then just create this uh, center of gravity that you can manip manipulate around. And the body is an amazing tool, bro. We don't need any other equipment. Once you can tap into using all of these joints and muscles, it's quite yep. a, a, an ongoing experiment. And um, I'm enjoying it, bro. It's in my 40s. And now I want to take that to teach other people that you can just move. You don't have to have a timer or a, a weight that you need to uh, live by. And then that's when uh, Moldy Movement came along this year. Just choice, choice. Just into my life. Yeah. yeah, bro. I'm not sure what the question was, but <laughs> hopefully oh, it's all good, bro. We just, roll, we just roll with it. But, um, yeah, no, that's awesome. Um, and I think I can relate relate to sort of coming with a, you know, personal training background as well. And, you know, I always loved the thought of, uh, CrossFit, doing CrossFit, but I, you know, with my shoulder injuries, I knew there was a lot of exercises that I couldn't do um, because of my joint mobility and my shoulders, like overhead squats and all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, kind of staying away from those exercises. But, and then the other thing I, I noticed is that, yes, a lot of people do get injured, like doing CrossFit because of the, the chasing the, chasing the numbers and the times. And um, you know, as you get tired and your fatigue and your form starts dropping off as you fatigue, that's when you're like, like you know, prone to uh, picking up an injury. And um, right. I think it's it's like for me already having an injury, I couldn't put myself into that position. So I, I sort of just you know did the CrossFit sort of exercises, the one that I could stick to, but most of them were kind of the safer ones where. You're not doing like overhead squats and all that type of stuff, but yeah, right. Um, oh, I was yeah. It's all it's it's a it's a wicked way of exercising, and then um, you know, with watching you, um, 
with the grassroots movements and the body type movements, um, it's kind of the same as uh, like parkour, eh? Like, you know, you see those guys yeah. just running around doing all that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it's like beautiful to watch. Yeah, and, bro, um, they've, they've found a way to yeah. manipulate their bodies through space and then adapt that to the environment. And it's just it's next level movement, bro. I don't yeah. know if I'll quite get into parkour. Like I've got bone on bone in my right knee, osteoarthritis. But yep. uh, I'm just happy with just exploring movement on the spot at the, the moment. And um, there's plenty there to, to, to feed off from. But uh, it's really carried over into my life. I try to move well at work. It's given me awareness of my posture. Um, when I play with my kids, I'm using movement then. So even like if I'm playing with my little daughter's toy kitchen, and we're down at her level. And that's what I love being is down at the kid's level, you know, only three feet up from the ground, whatever. Yeah. And switching from hip mobility exercise to hip mobility exercise while I'm putting a doll from here to over here and then grabbing a, a toy and putting it up here. And I'm doing all this hip mobility stuff that I know is an investment in good joint mobility for when I'm 50, 60, 70, 80 years old. And you see people yeah. in their 40s now that can't even sit on the ground without putting their hands on the ground you can't distribute your weight without putting yep. your hand on the ground and that that becomes normal it's like no one asks you to do it so you just don't use that mobility and then that leads to less mobility and leads to less mobility then you end up in mobility scooters and frames and because yeah, no one's yeah, asking yeah. you you've got to ask that of yourself so yeah bro it's not it's not a it's not just for getting fit. You can turn up the intensity like that. I can do animal movements, boom, 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 you know, a lot like the zoo exercise sort of thing. Yeah. But there, there's definitely a space to slow things down and go through movements slowly, just sitting down and standing up without using your hands. That's that's awesome manipulation or articulation of the, the hip bones and the thigh bones. Yep. That's that's where everything is. It's in the core, bro. And I think we need to maintain that stuff uh, high intensity with weights will hammer at it. It will load it and unload it. It will build muscular strength, but there's other tissues like cartilage, and that other stuff that we need to maintain rather yeah. than and push and test. Yeah, longevity, bro. That's the word, longevity. I, yeah, yeah, hard. Um, it's it's it becomes key as you as you as you soon you know you sort of start getting older, eh? Like. Even yes, with me, bro. I'm in like um, 35 and stuff now, but you know, I have I find that if I sort of do some like dynamic type of warm ups and stuff like that before I do any exercise, um, I just don't have any pains. Like mainly, mainly on my shoulder joints. Eh? that's where I used to get pain. But as soon as I started like um, uh, you know, doing this these dynamic warm ups, mm. um, it doesn't matter what I did. Sort of after that, I'd never get pain. But um. I know if I don't, if I miss those little warm-ups um, and I go and do a workout, then I pay for it because, and then I go, oh, you know, I miss, miss those, doing those those, those little movements. Yeah, and um, they are so important and I think people neglect that. So um, it's good for us to highlight that. But um, so how, do, like, so now how did that from learning all the movement, how did you transition into starting like grassroots movement? 
Um, so I got my, my Cert 3 and 4 in fitness uh, about four, four years ago while I was still in the mining industry. I was in the mines for nine years as an uh, exploration driller. And uh, I sort of felt that it was coming to a close. You know, I had a couple of kids turn up and uh, being away was no good for them. It was certainly no good for me. So I knew I was either going to quit or something was going to happen to to get me back to a home job. So I started to study for Cert 3 and 4 in fitness and did a lot of my study uh, when I was away at work. And that worked really well. Um, Eventually got uh, graduated. And then um, it's probably a good, I don't know, year or two where I was still doing the CrossFit and playing around with the animal movement stuff. I did some boot camp stuff with some friends, which was more your high intensity, you know, battle ropes, kettlebells, head balls and that type of thing, which was the norm and it was what I was used to. But as I kept sort of drifting towards animal movements and then had my spinal injury, I sort of looked around the entire fitness industry in the Gold Coast and see, sort of saw no one was like slowing things down, you know, not like quite yoga, which is really connecting your breath with your body movements and centering yeah. on yourself, which is awesome, which I try to bring a bit of that into my stuff, but but still a little bit of intensity if you want to, but really getting knowledge about how your body should be moving in a healthy way. And animal movements yeah, cover yeah. a lot of um, different motor patterns where you're figuring out where my hands and feet have to go to move forward in a, in a coordinated fashion. Then getting inverted in a frogger pose, you can get your feet right up above you. So you're getting your hips above your shoulders, which is kind of physics yeah. really, like gymnastics. Yeah. Uh, but then taking all those movements and having a, an underlying sense of playtime. Like we used to, you yeah, meet up yeah. with a bro and it was like, bro, let's chuck the ball around or play tag or play on the fort. It was just play, it was just yep. play. And I'm trying yeah, to, yeah, yeah. I guess, get that across to people that you don't have to end up in a sweaty mess on the floor to say, that was a good workout. Yeah, you can turn yeah. up and figure out how to sit down on the floor and stand up without using your hands. That is something you can take for the rest of your life. Um, so... I started grassroots movement at the beginning of this year and I'm just doing the once a week. I had a Sunday morning session going as well, but I think a lot of people were sort of not turning up to that because of the time, but I've just gone back to Tuesday nights now at at my son's school, just up the road. And um, yeah, it's a, I bring into it breath work. So a bit of Wim Hof techniques, a bit of just connecting with the belly breath rather than breathing from the chest. Uh, bring in some yoga, stretch out the muscles, uh, the animal movement, some body weight calisthenics stuff for high intensity and strength work, and then some fun stuff, bro. I love rolls, bro. I've been doing forward rolls, backward rolls, uh, Granby rolls, just, uh, and it feels like you're this little monkey having fun. I love it. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> I, want, I want other people to feel that fun that you can see a bit of grass and then just dive at it and roll and come out and go boom yeah, like yeah. a ninja and I'm 45 doing that and I've just begun my journey so um, yeah I just want other people to feel it bro and that's why I started up grassroots yeah, yeah. movement I've been compassionate with myself I've just said this whole year it's just feel it out don't go chasing clientele don't go chasing money or marketing it's just the whole year once a week and figure out my coaching system 
Uh, and then next year, depending on the family dynamic, two kids and a wife, and I've still got a full-time job on the side, uh, we yep. may go further into branching out. But um, I've also got Māori movement to um, take into that equation. Yeah, choice. So you fellas um, had a Māori movement session this morning. How was that? How was that? Yeah, good, bro. Really good. Um, so this is after going to the practitioners Wānanga a few weeks ago in New Zealand um, with Bees and Kura. Um, I now have the permission to teach more of a another training ground, I guess you could say, um, yep. to sort of figure yep. out my style of instructing Māori movement. And, uh, yeah, for the past few weeks, I've had three fellas under my uh, supervision and uh, slowly drip-feeding in the movements as I see they can handle it. Um, it's powerful stuff, bro. It's powerful stuff, as you know. Um, yeah. The movement is part of it, but there's the core the, the the talking. That's where the real power of Māori movement comes through. Well, yeah, that's choice. Um, so, like, I know um, you sort of only um, sort of just, you know, feeling your way through, um, you know, the, the grassroots movement, integrating Māori movement into your business. Um, was there any um, sort of low points that you've had uh, through your life that's kind of, could you know, they could have knocked, they knocked you back a little bit, and just, just maybe for some advice for people to get through those hard times. Have you had any of those? Yeah, bro, for sure. Um, for me, um, it was it was twenty fifteen, January twenty fifteen. I just graduated, actually. I got my cert three and four, uh, and I had an unfortunate, unlucky incident with um, uh, facial paralysis on my left side. So on the left side of my face, um, it basically only has partial movement. So I can't lift this lip. My eye, um, it actually closes when I smile. Um, so it's a condition called Bell's palsy. And this happened 2015 when I, I went to a water park with my son and my wife, and she was heavily pregnant. A week later, my daughter was born. Uh, my mum was yep. over from New Zealand. And I basically just got water stuck in my ear from this, this water park. And it was on Saturday morning, and then that afternoon started getting some major headaches and migraines. Uh, and I think my wife had some labor pains, so we had to take her to the hospital. We we're like, oh, here's this baby. Uh, but that wasn't the case. And then we came back later that night, and I got a doctor to come around and had a look. Basically got some eardrops, some antibacterial things. So I put those in for the next two, three days. Migraines sort of got worse, the nerve pain, and then they died off. And then uh, I think on the Tuesday, I woke up and I was having a bowl of Weet-Bix and the milk was running down the corner of my mouth. I was like, what's going on? So my face was asleep. And yeah. then uh, it didn't sort of clear up. And then I went to the doctor that day and found out I had this condition called Bell's palsy. So whatever this bug was in the water attacked my facial nerve. So you have a nerve that comes out of the brain through the skull through here and then branches off to all the muscles. Yeah. And it basically destroyed it, ate away at it. And uh, when it healed, some of those nerves sort of rewired back and made incorrect connections. So this was the first time I've heard of Bell's palsy. Uh, yeah. Massive um, low in self-confidence. I basically didn't want to go outside. Uh, yeah. My face at that stage was completely dropped. All these muscles had just dropped. Um, yeah, yeah. So 
Yeah, it was a, and it still is today, bro. It's still a something where I wake up and brush my teeth and I see the face that I didn't have for 42 years. Uh, it's a lot better than what it was, but I still have lost function on some of the parts. But um, yeah, I guess, bro, that was that really tested my mana. It was all about me standing up to be who I am as a person, not what I look like. And it yep. turned the magnifying glass on to me is, do I do that with others? Do I judge them by their appearance? And I like to think that I have a good perspective where I don't judge people by, you know, if they're in a wheelchair, if they have some sort of handicap. Um, but here I was judging myself. So that has been a long, arduous self uh, journey, and it still continues to this day. And that really hindered me standing up in front of people to instruct for fitness. Um, yeah. It was a confidence thing. So business-wise, I guess you could say when there are those hardships that aren't even business-related and you've got to look at yourself as a person, you've got to, you've got to take out the gems. So what has this taught me, this, this little condition I have? And it's taught me to stand up to show people who I am. It's maybe a wonky eye, but I have lots of gifts to share with you. Yeah. In my years of of fitness and my years of being married, as my years of being a father, 30 years of work, I have knowledge that can help you with your life and I can take that to the rangatahi, to our youth. I can give you a head start. Um, yeah, bro. That was probably my biggest sort of crash and burn, I guess, for for chasing my personal trainer dreams or fitness instructor dreams. Um, yeah, yeah, true. Yeah, bro. It's just something where you've got to establish your values, your morals, use those as fuel to, to push on. Yeah, wicked, bro. Yeah, no, you – like, that's funny you say that, eh, because looking at you, I I wouldn't have never have ever thought that that would have been, you know, part of your history. Like, mm. so, nah, bro, that's that's – that's something that's that's really hard to take away, especially eh, like being in front of people a lot of the time, you know. Um they they can really knock the confidence back, but you know, Big to time. get through that, eh? That's 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 awesome. Um so what are you most proud of so far to date? With my business side of things. Business life, yep. Oh life. Um <laughs> My role as a father, um, that has really it's given me focus massively. Um, I know you've got a thing about quotes later, but I'll say one now. And I actually shared it with the, the Tane that I taught this morning at Māori Movement, was to be the man you want your son to be and your daughter to marry. And, and that means being the man in front of your son, even when you're not talking to him and even when you're not in front of him, to be honest, is to be that man that you want him to be. And it really does clarify what you need yeah. to do with your life. If I want him to be successful, intelligent, confident, then I need to be those things. Uh, if I want my daughter to marry someone that doesn't objectify her or look at her as a just a woman, but as something special, then I need to do that with my wife. So um, yeah. I'm, I'm on that journey, bro. I'm well and truly on that journey, and that's my little guideline. 
to be the man I want my son to be and my daughter to marry. So I guess I'm probably both. I'm most proud of that, bro. To say yeah, I'm, I'm on my journey and every day I'm looking to improve. Yeah, wicked, bro. Like I, I, me and my partner talk about that too, eh? Like you know, if we want, like, cause I've I got both uh, daughters, so you know, she's sort of worried about, oh, you know, what what kind of boyfriend are they gonna get? And I said, mm. you know, if we act the way that we act, like with love and, and respect and all that type of stuff towards each other, they're going to see that as how a relationship should be. So if anybody sort of treats them outside of those, um, what they've they've seen or picked up, you know, subconsciously just, you know, seeing the way that we act and how we are, then, you know, they, they're going to look for that in a person. And if they sort of are outside of those uh, areas, if they're not showing those signs of a good person, then they're going to go, oh, hey, that's not right. And then they're going to sort of maybe take a step back and it's just going to give, like, you know, being the example, eh, just yes, makes them look for the example in somebody else. So, yeah, I'll talk all that. That's um, definitely something we need to all do as, like, parents, even uh, uncles and aunties, or, you know, we need to be the example of how a person should be acting out in public. So that's mean, bro. So um, what are you pumped about for the future of your business? Um, so Māori movement is definitely a part of that now. So um, yeah, I'm just in the phases now of just uh, teaching friends, um, probably be expanding numbers soon. Um, yeah, taking that to the Gold Coast once we've established uh, there's two other trainers here, two sisters of mine that are just being as friends, we've been through heaps together, and uh, we're hoping to share the, the gift of Māori movement to the Gold Coast. Uh, grassroots movement, uh, like I said, depending on the family dynamic, uh, I may look at expanding on that with more nights, uh, maybe different suburbs. Um, yeah, bro, I, I'd really feel a, a conglomeration of all this movement. It really has <laughs> yeah. made itself prominent in my life and I'm just going towards it and um, I'm not chasing money. Money is not a key. I know as an entrepreneur, it seems to be this this goal, but if you can if you can work from something that's deep within you, then that fuel will drive you to success. So I'm just following the light, bro, movement. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's the thing with a... Following, following what you love to do, eh? You kind of start yeah. to attract those types of people. So, yes, you know, I to talk all that kind of, um, you know, just having the having the product and you know sorting that all out first, and you know, you will start attracting the right type of people that you want to uh, work with. So, now, nah, um, so sort of moving on to the next questions in our podcast. Have you uh, ever considered about moving back home to NZ? Uh, every time we come back from home, nah. uh, yeah. yes, bro, yes, uh, definitely, especially with my uh journey the way it's taking, uh, it's steering. Uh, this year has been huge for me for my um, uh, my journey into Maori Tanga. So, we went, me and the wife and the kids went back home. My wife's um, from the far north, she's uh, Ngāpui. Uh, yep. We spent a week down in the Manawatu with my whānau and then went up to the north and spent a week with her whānau. Um, there was a beautiful memory of a sports day, a community day in Pawaringa where she, she was raised and just 
it was just so beautiful to see all these families coming together, um, sharing the day, um, horse races, wood chopping, rides for the kids. Mean. It was just mean as everyone coming together for, for special moments. And then coming back home to Australia, it was like, man, we just don't have that here, that tight-knit community. It's like, I don't know, you close your garage door and then you shut out the outside world almost. <laughs> so really, um, really, yeah, I was really homesick after that last one. But also in that journey, um, um, listening to my brother-in-law and his partner speak um, te reo Māori to their children, it sparked my love of te reo Māori. And when I came home, I joined up on a Facebook uh, te reo Māori boot camp 30-day. And yep. then, um, yeah, bro, through that, uh, my, my pepiha, I sort of started digging deep to find out about that. And that has just yep. whew, brought some skeletons out of the closet, you know, massively. True, uh, true. Yeah. Look back, and I think in your middle age, you sort of set in your ways, and it's like, oh, I'm just forward from here, work hard, retire, blah, blah, blah. But if you still have underlying issues that you need to attend to, you've really got to go back. And the Pipiha helped me with that process. Um, so I guess, and then Māori movement came along after that. I guess with the way things are looking, there seems to be a bit of a shift as in Aotearoa is coming here to me. Yep. And yep. I think maybe I can be part of the process to help others feel that way. Um, so moving home would love to and it would not be about money I wouldn't go back because of good money or bad money it would be about the people yep. the whānau the land and I guess trying to show my children the life that is in New Zealand that you can have but in saying that being here we can bring it here it's up to us to bring the aroha here, yeah, to bring yeah. to bring tikanga here, and I'm on a brand new journey of te reo Māori. I start classes in a couple of weeks, um, so we're slowly bringing in um, tikanga into our house. Karakia, uh, my wife is already sort of experienced and all that stuff, so I'm trying to yeah. learn so I can help teach my children. Really, has to start in the home, all that stuff, get it right in the home. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, mean bro, mean. So yeah, bro. I'd like to go back home, but it's a good life here, bro. It's a good life here. The weather's amazing. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> we've got a huge network here, bro. It's it's and there's plenty of Kiwis here. It's not about the people. So yeah, who knows, bro? Who knows? It's not a no. It's yeah, not a yeah. yes. Ah, true. Um, so like, if I know things are probably heaps different to like when you first moved over here, but if you, if anybody back home in Aotearoa is like thinking about moving over to Australia, just to, you know, have a look and see what would what advice would you give them? Um, bro, I, I would say, obviously, unfortunately, money is key. You do need yep. to come over with some money, not a wallet full. Have some sort of savings plan. I came over with. I came over pretty prepared, $6,000, and honestly, I played rugby, didn't have a job, and drunk every weekend, like I was pretty much doing in Palmerston North, and that six grand went down to $200 in a couple of months. Yeah. Um, so money, 
and then a plan. And that plan has to be accommodation, whānau or some sort of network of friends, a job, mahi, mahi, mahi. Yeah. So if you can focus on those three things, if you've got your accommodation sus, sweet. If you've got people in the know, sweet. Mahi has to be your focus. And you've got to be willing to step back and go, okay, it might be washing the dishes. It might be sweeping the floors. And I know I started out yeah. sanding wood, standing at a bench going yeah. for six months, but that led to spray painting. And then that led to in the machine shop at a kitchen making factory and I became a foreman. Um, and my wife went through a similar journey. So I guess, yeah, those three things come prepared have a focus and a plan on mahi because mahi is going to be your basis for everything else. If you don't get mahi, you can't pay your way. Yeah. Off home you go. Um, yeah. Netflix, stay away from Netflix. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the opposite you know, direction yeah. of where you need to go. You can, you know, get on YouTube and do video CVs of yourself. You can pay someone to do a nice digital CV for you. Get out there, start walking around, knocking on doors. Use Facebook for mahi opportunities yep really got to establish their mahi find the money to come in so then you can start doing the things you want to do over here yeah bro yeah yeah hard eh? like um i think that's what some people uh don't realize eh? like just because you get a mahi and you start working it doesn't mean you're there for life eh? like just get in there find something that's bringing in you some coin and then you know you can start looking like it yeah it's a lot easier to get a job when you already have a job because you're not needy. So, you know, just because you take up the first thing that someone offers you doesn't doesn't lock you in for life. So, you you know, you might try it, like it, you might not, you might hate it. Hey, just just manner up and just keep on mahing until you find that one that that you want to do. But okay. um, this is this is just the um. This next question is basically. Or people who were coming over to New Zealand, or um, even in New Zealand, if they were starting a business, and um, you had five hundred dollars, so you had five hundred dollars to spend on on um, getting your business started. You've um, got your accommodation sussed. You're staying with auntie or uncle uh, or your cousin or something, and you've got a cell phone and you've got a laptop. What what advice would you um, give to somebody who's uh, trying to get in out there and start their own business? Well, I'd say communication is key. So that that phone, hopefully you got a, a nice uh, phone plan there from Telstra, Optus, whatever. Need money for that. Uh, CV, so you want to have a digital copy of a CV so you can flick that out to whoever. I highly recommend doing some sort of YouTube or video CV so people get to see your personality. Uh, that's definitely going to get you points in any job application. Um, I, would, I would, like I said about the mahi, focus on that. but have some sort of plan for nurturing yourself. So that may be exercise, uh, meditation, some sort of education. So when you do have these spare moments of just waiting for a job to get back or nothing's happening but you've got lots of feelers out there, you're looking after yourself, your wairua, your tinana, you're making sure that you are living in a higher realm. So when you do get that opportunity, bam, you are up here, not sitting down here going, oh, man, where's his jobs, man? I've been putting them You're in the wrong headspace. Do you want to yeah. have a, a routine, some sort of routine that when you've done all that stuff to try and find mahi, that when you're not doing it, looking after yourself. So that's food as well. 
uh, eating good, exercising, uh, meeting new people. Every time you make a conversation, there's a chance to communicate with someone that may give you the key to, to, to help your business. Um, yeah, bro, just the totality of being that person that's hungry for business or hungry for work. It's, it's when yeah, you're yeah. in your house and in your bedroom. Be focused on that stuff. Um, yeah, conversations are key. I've, I found my job through a conversation. And so many other people have too. Um, yeah. Just turn up, turn up as your best and be the best day and night. Yeah, choice, bro. That's good advice because, um, you know, I think a lot of us, we, we, we can tend to forget about, you know, looking after ourselves when we are on a mission to, yeah. you know, get a mahi and stuff. Like, you know, we start stressing, yep. you know, good way to get rid of stress, you know, do go and have a workout, go for a walk, do all that kind of stuff. Um, yeah, bro. So that's mean that you brought that up. That's, that's yeah, mean, bro. all right? Yeah, yeah. All right, bro. We'll just move into our quick fire round. So, um, uh, kino or power? Ah, oh, power, bro. Creamed, please. Creamed power. Oh, I can Man. drink it, bro. I can drink it. <laughs> all right. Uh, Rewano or fry bread? Uh, fry bread to mop up all the cream from the power. Swan dry or gumboots? Uh, bro, I'm on the goldie, so gumboots. Gumboots, eh? Hako or waiata? Uh, Bro, I love Waiata, man. Just yeah, all the different emotional levels you can hit with Waiata. It's just uh, yeah, it's a thing of beauty. So Waiata for True. me. Yeah, mean bro. Uh, beers or spirits or something else? Uh, yeah, I'm not much. Of, I'm definitely not a spirit man anymore. I know that just uh, slows me down for a day or two. Beers, even that. Uh, I'm sort of having maybe a beer with my dinner. So um. I would say beers, bro, but if if I really wanted to sort of have something to quench my thirst, uh, yeah, a protein smoothie. Cheat, cheat. All, all about the gains, eh, bro? Gains, bro, gains, bro. Can't be losing gains, my protein. Hey. Uh, <laughs> wicked, bro. Um, Queensland or New South Wales? Queensland, brother. Queensland, brother, all day. Cheat, mean. Um Choice, bro. So we're just going to move into um, our te reo section of the of the podcast. Um, do you have a favorite uh, fakatoki or quote that you uh, would like to share? Yeah, bro. Um, when I spoke about my Bell's palsy before and was very uh, closed into the world for a while there, um, and, and even probably two to three years later, I heard a fakatoki. Yeah, so their fakatoki was tu fitia te hopo. Uh, face the fear and do it anyway. So when I had my Bell's Gee. palsy and was slowly sort of, okay, this is this is how I am now. When something scared me, like oh no, I have to stand up and say something. I'll see my Bell's palsy. It was go to it, go to it, see yep. what happens. And then with any other fear, it's like uh, all those little anxiety voices that kick in and say, oh, I don't know, bro. Go to it, go to it. It kind of reminds me of another a quote I heard that was, uh, it was actually a parkour fella that used this quote. Oh, yeah, mean. It was, the obstacle in your way is the way. And I was like, that is awesome. That's the same as Tufitia Te Hopo, where you see something that's like, oh, I don't know about that. Go to yeah. it because that will forever be a blockage to you. And the more you do it, it will start becoming a habit of, Oh, there's something I'm not good at. Go to it. 
or there's something I'm afraid sure. of, go to it. So that's something you got to breed into your your subconscious, and hopefully that comes through in your character, I guess. Uh, a second one, bro. This one, I I think I mentioned it before. Be the man you want your son to be and daughter to marry. It pretty yep. much clears up any any um, confusion in your head of what you need to do with your daily life. Yeah, yeah, bro. Mean. Choice, bro. Those are mean as. Yeah, bro. Thank you. I have to, yeah, I have to, uh, you know, um, remember those ones. It's kind of like, um, you know, and that's what I like about our, our Whakatoki Māori, yeah, like, man, there's so many gold nuggets and, like, through all my years, sort of, like, looking, you know, looking for answers, I was looking on the Pākehā side and they were all there, already there on the Māori side. I just, like, yeah, you know, didn't open oh, my eyes and see it, but oh. ancient wisdom that applies today, and even more so with all the distractions going on in our heads. It's just simple, and you can make it simple or you can make it hard. Yeah, true, bro. Mean. Um, the next question, bro, is basically about Te Reo Māori, and I know there's a lot of people that you know on on social media and the news are saying that Te Reo Māori is dead, and uh. Uh, what's your thoughts on on that corridor, bro? And you know, what's your journey uh, through Tiro at the moment? Yeah, so like I said before, this this year has been a huge uh, leap towards learning Tiro Māori for me. Um, in the circles that I am in, I see a massive surgence or resurgence of interest in it, not only to learn it, but to to find out the whakapapa behind the words, behind the kupu. And it's um yeah, it's amazing the stories, the depth behind certain certain kupu. It's just uh it's a whole nother level of language. Um so for me this year I did my 30-day boot camp, which really gave me some good framework. Uh and Two weeks, I start classes here on the Gold Coast with Te Kākano. Um, so that'll be a weekly session that I go to. Um, and also uh, another program that I've been made available to um, is Tākina, which is another program gifted to us at the Māori Movement Wānanga by Moana Roa. Um, so yeah, bro, and I've also got the Māori Made Easy book by Scotty Morrison. Um, again, I've got a lot of things going on, and I may have to dwindle down to one, which I think will be the Akakano when I go to the classes because it's interactive, face to face. Um, but yeah, bro, I, I just feel this constant pull to the language to just learn more, learn more. And uh, if I look back to where I was Christmas last year, I've accelerated massive amounts. Um, I know there's a curiosity, a love of it, because uh, when I was 12 years old, I have a fond memory of at school, at school helping this fella um, to to learn a fight uh, kōrero. He had to perform in front of our, oh, there were three classrooms, so 100 kids. We were invited yeah. to a marae, a marae in Palmerston North Teachers College, and I was helping him out. I wasn't going to do it. And then um, he just got really nervous. He couldn't understand it. And he suggested to the teacher that I do it. And I somehow ended up performing this fight corridor in front of 100 school kids to the Marae at Teachers College in Palmerston North. 
And that was probably one of the Dude. most proudest moments of my life as a, as a kid that I can remember. Bingo. So I guess I'm listening to myself, that little inner child, and he's saying, yeah, go back here. So 45 years old, I'm now listening to that voice and, and I'm charging hard. Joyce, bro. And that's that's all all it's um all about, eh? It's just making a start and yep. just slowly doing doing it every single day or you know, week to week, whatever you wherever you can squeeze in some time. Because myself going through Kohangareo and you know, went through primary school a little bit, you know, but listening to my koro do uh fai korero and all the other koros out there in the Marae doing the fai korero. Um, I, I can understand more than I can actually speak. So for me, it's, you know, going back to, you know, yeah. reading uh, primary school or kohanga reo level books. But, you know, you do whatever it takes to sort of get you, get you back up there. And I've got the Scotty Morrison book as well too. So, <laughs> ah, wicked. Um, do you have a favourite uh, Māori idol or figure you look up to growing up or as an adult today? Oh, these and Kura <laughs> from the Māori movement. Yeah. Uh, uh, wananga. Yeah, now they've been a big influence in my life this year, and what they're doing for Māori culture is amazing. And I think the the true gifts of their work are yet to evolve. Uh, I think it's going to be huge. Um, yeah, so big up to these and Kura. Uh, but bro, I've yeah, looking back in the the day, uh, back in the day was Billy T. James for me, bro. It was just. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, man, the Billy T. James <laughs> show was just the hearty laugh for the whole whānau to watch. We all sat in the lounge cracking up, and then you just took it to school. All the scenes, you yeah. relived them, and, and then, you know, Billy T. James' whole persona pretty much carried over to, to everyone you knew. It was just that cheeky laugh, and uh, it's me. It's me. Hey. Uh, classic, eh? If you, if you, for the young ones that don't know who Billy T. James is, go, go look him up on YouTube. You'll find some hard case Māori uh, humour there. Uh, yeah. Wicked, bro. So what's your uh, favourite uh, food from back home? Oh, man. Being the, the fitness and healthy guy that I'm trying to be, all my food se- uh, selections are not healthy. <laughs> uh <laughs> Pretty sure for every birthday that I was living under my mother and father's roof, mum would make me a pav pavlova for my uh, birthday. So yeah, I raised on pavlova. I just I love it. I love it. I love it. Um, yeah, my sweet tooth is probably homemade, gonna be great. Yeah, bro, homemade for Sheezy, the big old crusty homemade crust. All the way, eh? Yeah. <laughs> don't run around the house. Don't slam the doors while the pav's in the oven. Um. <laughs> What else? Custard squares, bro, with the chocolate topping, Oof. the chocolate icing back yep. home. I miss those. They don't have them over here. I can't find them. Uh, fish and chips, bro. Fish and chips. Um, yeah, and cream power and fry bread, bro. Fry bread is – none of it is good for you, bro, but it's so good. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh. yeah. Nah, that, that cream power, eh? Can't beat that. you got to be quick when, when you know uh, that's, yeah, that's on the table, eh? If you're not there, you, you missed the boat. <laughs> yeah, bro. Uh, true, bro. So um, what's your um, favourite – do you have a favourite film or TV show from back home? Uh, it's a TV show, Billy T. James show. That was um, just uh, – yeah, it was a staple there in our house. 
movies like Once the Warriors was a powerful movie that really, really just went. It was like a sledgehammer to the face. It was just uh, showing a side of life maybe in New Zealand that uh, we're not proud of, but it really had a lot of undertow behind it. It really sort of, I think, taught a lot of New Zealanders about Maori culture. Um, yeah. Another one was a bit of a sentimental one for me, uh, Whale Rider. And I yeah. think that is sentimental because that was the first movie I sat and watched with my now wife. So that was a nice moment. Well, not the first. We actually went to iRobot at the movies. Then we came home oh. and watched Whale, <laughs> watched Whale, Whale Rider. But, um, yeah, bro, that's a beautiful tale. Loved it. Yeah, no, nah, that's a good good movie, eh, or Whale Rider? Yeah, bro. Um, yeah, because, you know, me being from Gizzy, you know, uh, when I um, took my uh, partner back to, you know, Gizzy, we sort of went for a ride and we went, you know, down towards uh, uh, Marae where Whale Rider oh, yeah, was man. filmed. And I see, oh, just to show you, eh? And I was like, yeah, that's it. And she was like Shit. buzzing out, and I was like, "Yeah, no, it was it was cool, bro. Uh love love all our our New Zealand films, eh? The good yes, ones bro. and the bad ones, eh? Yes, but, um, bro. Yeah, but um, do you have any um uh any books that you could uh, recommend to our listeners? Oh, bro, I'd, I'd like to, but I'm really not much of a book man. Um, I don't know why, just my a daydream while I'm reading, you know, it doesn't sink in. Yeah. Something I've still got to get better at. Um, but for me, podcasts are really something that podcasts they well with me. They seem to go into my subconscious without me sort of um, instantly relaying the information. It's in there, but I just uh, I don't know it's in there. So for me, bro, some podcasts. Um, oh, can I shout out my own one? Choice as dads. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, listen to Troy Says Dads. Yeah, lot yeah. Of, you know, a cool. lot of good, good laughs on that one. Yeah, bro, yeah. just me and my bro. Interesting corridors you, you guys have too. Yeah, bro, both Kiwi Dads that have made the shift to Australia and um, just, you know, Alfano, our kids, is very high priority for us and it just opened up the board at all. And it was really cool because he's got older kids, teenagers, adults, and I've still got the little baby ones, so we had that dynamic. Yeah. But, um. Other than that, bro, uh, 180 Nutrition, which is a, a Australian company that do um, proteins and health products, they bring on some wicked guests, um, some guys that I really have tuned into this year, Joe Dispenza, Dr. Joe Dispenza yep. and yep. Bruce Lipton, um, really getting into the, the brain and, and how the person we want to be is right here. A great quote I heard was um, – hands down with everything you ever wanted you're only this far away from it (laughs) (laughs) i love that if you're listening uh, to the podcast you'll have to go and uh watch the facebook uh video or the youtube video i just i held my fingers about a head width apart that's the distance you are from everything you ever wanted and then i bring the fingers back to my temples Everything you wanted is in your head. You just got to access the way to do it. So, um, yeah, Dr. Joe Dispenza, Bruce Lipton, and they teach you how, or give you the tools to start enabling that stuff. Um, yeah, bro. Uh, yeah, podcast, man. Just whatever you're into. Choice, if you're into yeah. 
playing Texas, Texas Hold'em. There's card poker bloody podcasts. Whatever you want, gardening. There's one. And if <laughs> yeah, you yeah. if there isn't one, you just make it. I love it. That's the way to put it out to you, Fano. If you if, if there's a podcast not out there, you can make it. Right. Um, and it's not as hard as people think, eh? Uh, we use the um, Anchor app, which is a free app, and the bro would be at his house, I would be at my house, and we're just talking through the app, and it records it, uploads it to an iCloud. It's all free, and you don't even have to tee up microphones or meet at the same place. It was just so easy. And um, yeah. actually, I'm going to put that challenge out to people that, um, for those that are sort of coming over here, here's a podcast across the ditch, my journey to Australia. What a mean hey. subject. I don't even think I've seen one hey. of, of those. Every day you do a little two, five minute recording of what's happening and man, that would that would pull a lot of Kiwis in. Oh, oh yeah. There you go. If if you're out there uh listening, Fano, there's there's an idea for you, there's a business idea for you, and um, you know, it wouldn't even cost you anything. All you need is oh. your phone, your anchor app. You've got a podcast and you've got something to, you know, start a business with your journey, you know, from, you know, Aotearoa over to Australia or for anything for that re- that matter, eh? You know, if you've got an idea, put it together. Don't even need any money. You've got, your, you've got a phone with some Wi-Fi, Anchor app. Yeah. You're away you, you don't go. have Wi-Fi, go to Macca's, have a coffee hey. and do your podcast <laughs> from Macca's for free. Oi, choice, bro. So, um, do you have any advice for our rangatahi, um, or any advice in general for our young ones? Yeah, I thought about this one. Um, like you could say plans and focus and all that, but I really think uh, the principle of reverse engineering your life is a really good one to go for. So. If you give yourself an age where you want to be or what you want to be doing at 30 or 40 or 50 and then working backwards. So say say you're 20 years old and at 30 you want to have a car, a house and a job you love and a wife. So you've got 10 years to do it. So go backwards. So you've got that house, that car, blah, 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 blah. What did I do two years prior to that to get that stuff while well, I was – buried in work because I needed the money to pay for that. Well, what's the work got to be? It's got to be something you're passionate about that you can actually do those long hours. And you have to have a wahine that understands you so she can enjoy the successes. So she has to understand why you're doing the work. Come back another two years. What am I doing? Well, I have to get something going on the side because this mahi I'm doing now is not in line with that. Get something going and just keep working backwards with everything, my body, health, my mind, my job, my relationships, my family, all these things steering towards where you want to go. Just sit down with a pen and paper, give yourself time, don't say four years, five years, give yourself 20 years where you want to be, then go back five, go back another five, break it down and then you've got goals. And even though you're working in a job you may not be happy with, can write things down. You can work towards your goal by taking a note. Um, reverse engineer your life and then daily focus on those goals. Have them in front of you. Have them in the car, in your bedroom, um, and steer towards them. 
Um, it's all about focus and attitude, bro. And as soon as you get slack, you'll see things will slip away from you. So, yeah, reverse engineer yeah, yeah. your life. The earlier, the better. Choice, bro. That's mean advice. Um, definitely. Eh? I, lo- I love how you bring up the point about not putting a time limit on things like give yourself a good amount of time. Yeah. And because I feel like, you know, when we put time pressure or time constraints on our goals and, you know, as we get closer to our goals and there seems like there's so much mahi to do and all these things have to fall into place and because we gave ourselves a one-year deadline or a two-year deadline, we just, as we get closer to that goal, it just seems like there's no way that it's going to happen and then we just give up on that thing. Um, That's one thing that I've picked up for myself too, like I used to set, uh, you know, times, time limit goals when I would have achieved this. And then, you know, as I got closer and then I was like, oh, this is not going to happen at all. And then I sort of slowly lose motivation to do it. So oh, I love how you brought that up, bro, because I, 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 since removing all time limits, yeah, time constraints, better. things just flow. They fall into yeah. place a lot better. And, you know, to be honest, we're not that – we're not that smart. We, we don't know, you know, when the perfect, uh, you know, job opportunity is going to come. We don't know when we're going to achieve, um, you know, find the, the perfect person for us. We don't, we don't know. All we can do is just have that as a thought in our mind and, and no concentrate on that and just let doing. it come to you. Yeah. No one knows what they're doing. We're all just trying to figure this thing out. Hey. Yeah, bro. Choice, bro. Um, so that's pretty much the the podcast, bro. It's been awesome, Cordero, with you. There's a Ooh, whole heap man. of gold nuggets that you know I've taken away from this. I'm sure our listeners are going to take away from this. And so, where can people follow you or follow your journey with grassroots movement and uh, the Maori movement and all your all your mahi you're up to? Yeah, bro. Um, so if you just type in grassroots movement onto Facebook, you'll find a page there. Um, I try, I'm trying to be more active on there. I sort of do rec- recaps of our class, the programming and, and that. And I try and do my own sort of videos of of me on Smoko where I'm doing some sort of movement during my Smoko break and things like that. Just to, just to be healthy in the joints and in the body and in the mind is doesn't have to be a sweaty hour sesh it can be five minutes sitting still and stretching your legs and see what that does to you uh so grassroots movement on facebook uh i've got a pt page brett nugent pt on facebook as well so you can um uh join on there or message me through there Uh, i'm not really i'm on insta but i don't really use it much i try to minimize my social media thing as i've got so much other stuff going on um but i think i'm on there as at brett nugent i think all good. Just um, look look them up in uh, your podcast too, bro. Oh yeah, bro. How do we so find that one? iTunes. I think it's on Spotify. Um, Choice as dad. So me and the bro Matt King did nine episodes. I've still got a tenth sitting here. I've still got to clean it up and put it up. But um, that was basically just chatting about being dads, things, tips and tricks we were sort of figuring out and sharing with each other. But also just heaps of cordero about the old days being kids, what we grew up with, and and how we're trying to be better fathers and better men. 
Uh, it was really just a laid back chat, a lot like this, bro. So Choice as Dads, yeah. look up that podcast. Choice, bro. Mean, uh, thanks for coming on the podcast again. And uh, Fano, that's a wrap for our podcast. So make sure you go follow Brett over on his um, on his Facebook and um, and go go have a listen to Choice as Dad podcast. And um, that's it. So um, we'll see you on the on the next episode of our um, interviews on Chew Moldy. Modi or the final? Cheer, bro. Cheer, bro.